Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Oh, it is a magical weekend, isn't it? Uh, Santa Claus Parade tomorrow. Sunday, it is the Eastern Final at Tim Hortons Field between the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Edmonton Eskimos. And uh, there are plenty Plenty of storylines to talk about in this game. And then there's the Western Final later on on Saturday. And uh, storylines galore in that affair, as well as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Regina. Also, in uh, at, at the uh, bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to chat with a, a former Tiger Cat by the name of, well, Peter Dykowski. You know him, you love him. Well, he has a new job, and it's uh, it's not football-related, and it's not uh, uh, politics-related. You know that he ran as a, uh, a PC MPP hopeful uh, in the uh, last election and uh, was not successful, so he has uh, another uh, profession lined up, and it is pretty Interesting. We'll tell you about that as Peter's going to join us on the show uh, just after the news at 2.30. We also have our uh, list of celebrity birthdays today, our odds and ends as well. Well, this Sunday, as I mentioned, it is the Tiger Cats and it is the Eskimos, and this should be a a very entertaining and intriguing Eastern final. Here to uh, share some thoughts on this big matchup is uh, Chris O'Leary, and Chris is the senior writer for the Canadian Football League and joins us now. Chris, good afternoon. Hey, Rick, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How about you? Uh, doing great. Uh, it's gotten a little warmer out here in the, in the West this week, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely happy with that. It was uh, pretty chilly when we first got to Winnipeg the other day. I, I, I do want to talk about the weather. I'm going to hold on to that question uh, for a few more minutes because I do find it intriguing, the weather conditions in Regina as opposed to those in Hamilton, especially on Sunday. But before we get to that, just your expectations of both of these big games coming up. What do you, what do you, what's in your gut? Um, I don't know really. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I I was telling some of my colleagues like the, the the way we've kind of traveled or for, for CFL.ca for the coverage of this stuff is we've spent a few days with each team and then gone to the uh, the host team's city for the for the actual game. And I feel like if I spend enough time around the te- the the visiting team, I feel like they can kind of convince me that they can do it. And then uh, you know, and then I get to the host team, and then they kind of make their arguments, and, and you, you kind of have have to figure it out from there. Um, I, I was impressed with Edmonton last week. Um, you know, and I still think they are underdogs in, in this game against Hamilton. The Tiger Cats have just had such a great season, so tough at home, obviously being undefeated, uh, and just just the kind of a history making season there already. But um, to me, the Eskimos had so many shortcomings that they they overcame in that game against Montreal. You know, they they were the most penalized team in the league, and they they really uh, showed a lot of discipline in that win. Uh, a lot of finish in the red zone that they hadn't shown earlier in the season. Uh, you know, and again, I think a much tougher challenge with the Tiger Cats defensively this week, but um, I, I really liked what I saw from the Eskimos, and you know, I, th- I think they've really bought in on what they have, and I, I think that's kind of the approach you need to have. I think they, they know they're on a tough road. No team has ever crossed over and made it to the Grey Cup, but I think they're, they're kind of embracing that challenge, so I like, I like that mentality. Uh, that said, I mean, I, I still favor the Tiger Cats just given how good they've been this season, how tough they are at home, and then uh, yeah, looking at the West, it's uh, I just I feel like it's a toss-up. I mean, if if we had 100% certainty on Cody Fajardo's health, if we, if we knew he was fully capable, I'd give the edge to the riders just just being at home and, and uh, the, the advantage that I think that brings. But, um, yeah, we just don't know. We don't know what we're getting at quarterback with the riders. Um, and then conversely with Winnipeg, we saw what they can do with their two quarterbacks and that kind of two-headed quarterback monster and the, the damage that Coeros and Chris Trevor did. Um, yeah, the, the, the West game is one that I really struggle with. And uh, I, I kind of I find myself going back and forth, you know, 
every day of this week. As we know in football, the quarterback is uh, more often than not the focal point of discussion. Uh, we have Trevor Harris, who's coming off uh, just a, a magical game against the Alouettes in the Eastern semifinal. We have Dane Evans, who's making his first ever playoff start in the CFL. We have Zach Caleros, the Renaissance man in uh, in Winnipeg. And we have Cody Fajardo, who may or may not be healthy enough, but will probably start in the Western final. Uh, I can't think of, you know, four compelling, more compelling stories stories and they go along with those four individuals no and i think you're 100 percent right um and again we look at that uh, that east final i mean that's to me an advantage toward edmonton and just i think experience at that position carries a lot of weight in the playoffs and you know you have dane evans who's done such a great job filling in for for Masoli this season uh and really just showing what he's capable of as, as, as a quarterback and kind of why the the ticats kept him around uh last year through all the johnny menzel stuff and uh you, you knew they always thought highly of him and now we kind of we all see why but um, yeah, I just think I think there's such a value in having a veteran quarterback or someone that's that's been through those things to to just kind of steer a team through. Uh, and uh, you know, I see that I see Harris having that edge over Evans, and then in, in the West, I see Caleros having that edge over Fajardo as well. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I know. I think I think that was a factor for Edmonton in their win last week was that you know Vernon Adams got in a situation where they were a little bit desperate and then the, the turnovers came and that was that was very quickly the ball game for uh, for Edmonton. Uh, home field advantage didn't really mean much last weekend as both visiting teams, the Blue Bombers yeah. and the Eskimos ended up winning. Uh, can you see that being the case this weekend? I think so. I, I think I, I think I think it will play a factor. I, th- I think it'll be a, a big advantage. Um, again, just the, the Ticats I think are just so confident at home right now and I think you know, you, you look at the, the fans in Hamilton. They're you know they're obviously starved for a great cup. Uh, it's been a while since uh, they've hosted playoff games uh, last year, but uh, after coming through kind of a, a tough stretch for a few seasons, uh, you know that's I think a fan base that's that's really hungry for success, and I think they're going to do everything they can to support their team. And then I, I think it goes without saying in Saskatchewan, the the kind of support that's in this building, and I think it kind of spills out across the country for this team, for the Riders. Uh, so I, I think that it's it's going to be a really tough place to to come in and get a win. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, there's there's just to me so much uncertainty in that that Winnipeg Saskatchewan game at, at quarterback that uh, it, it makes it a, a a little bit more of an even contest. I think I would agree. You mentioned the weather off the top. So in Hamilton on Sunday, the forecast is sunshine and a high of three, which is pretty darn good for November seventeenth. In mm-hmm. Regina, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of six. So is yeah. that advantage riders or bombers? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I think I think when you get weather conditions like that, I think uh, both teams probably have a sigh of relief. Uh, just, and I think especially if, if, if you have players that have kind of been through the, the blizzards and the, the, the wind chill games and things like that, I think if, if you can get three and six, uh, respectively, in each game, uh, you know, it's it's uh, I think it's pretty much an open playbook, right? I mean, you you don't have to let the weather dictate uh, how much you want to run or how, how little you want to pass. When you look at that game in Calgary last week, the ball seemed like it was like a, a giant ice cube, and uh, you know I think it, it definitely played a factor. And even in terms of the the turf just being you know full of snow and ice, uh, it's, it's an extra uh, thing you have to worry about. And I think if if the the weather at least stays above freezing, right? And, and uh, the, the players are warm, they're comfortable, and the, the, the field is responsive. Uh, you know, overall makes a better game.
Good fan experience, or maybe a better fan experience, I should say. Great article on CFL.ca today in terms of ranking the four possible Grey Cup matchups. At number four, Edmonton-Saskatchewan, which no Stan Peters fan wants to see. Uh, At number three, Edmonton-Winnipeg. Second would be Hamilton-Sask. And then the number one uh, possible Grey Cup matchup, Tiger Cats and Blue Bombers. And considering that those are the two longest active Grey Cup droughts, I think sentimentally, uh, most CFL fans want to see that. I think so, and I, I, I know personally, even when the season was starting, uh, and, and you know, there's you think back to six months ago and, and how uh, how different everything has kind of turned out to, to look. That was kind of what I was hoping for too. I mean, you, just, you have the two longest drafts in the league. Um, Storyline wise, that's it's phenomenal. Uh, you know that one long suffering fan base is going to get rewarded, and another one is going to you know take that loss really hard. And uh, yeah, just just uh, kind of the best case scenario to me. Yeah, that, that's but that's by far the number one. Uh, I'm just I'm a, as a sucker for a, a good story. That's that's the one I'm going for in that sense. Yeah, should be a fun weekend. Chris, appreciate the time today. Absolutely, enjoy the games this weekend. You too, Chris O'Leary, senior writer for the CFL, and you can check out his work at CFL.ca. So we have the Tiger Cats versus the Eskimos Sunday at one. Uh, CHML's fifth quarter will broadcast from five to six on Sunday, so not right after the game, but at 5 p.m., the fifth quarter will be on, and uh, at 4.30, it'll be Riders and Blue Bombers. That should be fun, too. Uh, we're not done talking about uh, the East and West Finals. We're going to get to uh, Bob Irving after the break here. He's the longtime play-by-play announcer for the Bombers on sister station CJOB in Winnipeg. We'll hear from Knuckles after the break here. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. The East and West Final in the Canadian Football League on tap this Sunday. Ticats Eskimos, Blue Bombers Rough Riders should be two extremely entertaining tilts. Here to shed a little more light on what's happening out West is longtime Winnipeg Blue Bombers play-by-play announcer Bob Irving on sister station CJOB. Bob, how are you? I'm good, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. It is one of the most exciting weekends on the CFL calendar. The Eastern and Western Finals are on tap. Let's focus on the West because obviously that's where you reside. Bombers, Rough Riders this weekend. Another trip to the Western Final for Winnipeg just like last year. What's the buzz like in Winnipeg? Well, it's pretty loud, I would say, Rick. I think there's a a sense of anticipation and optimism and hopefulness that... uh, you know, hasn't existed here to the same extent, I would say, for a while. I know the fans last year when the Bombers got to the final, they beat Saskatchewan in the semifinal and got to the final in Calgary. Uh, there was a, a feeling that maybe this was the year that they were going to get back to the Grey Cup and win it for the first time since 1990. But I think the optimistic level is is higher this year. They just knocked off the Stampeders, which I sort of fondly refer to as the Western evil empire of football teams. And you know, that's a hurdle the Bombers have had a just an awful time overcoming, uh, beating Calgary, and Calgary's been a almost mission impossible for this team. And so once they did that on Sunday, I think it went right through the roof here in terms of uh, people's hopes that this might be the year where they, they end the Grey Cup drought. Now, it's not going to be easy in Regina Sunday. The Rough Riders finished first, first for a reason. They've got a very good team. Uh, but there is a buzz and there's a sense of anticipation here. I think that's unique for the first time in quite a while. We all know that Winnipeg hasn't won the Grey Cup since 1990. They haven't been to the Grey Cup since 2011. So what's right. the game plan versus the Rough Riders on Sunday? 
Well, I think they've got to do you know the same things they did in Calgary on the weekend. The first thing they did is they shut out the Stampeders in the second half and had Bo Levi Mitchell really off his game. And they've got to do the same with Cody Fajardo here. Fajardo's had a phenomenal year after taking over from Zach Calaris in the first game of the season. Now, he's battling an injury, an oblique uh, muscle injury that uh, everybody's wondering about and how it's going to impact on his performance in the game. But they've got to... You know, I think get him off his game. He's, you know, he's been one of the great stories of the year in the Canadian Football League, and his not just his passing, but his running. And the Bombers have to be very wary about that. And then Saskatchewan has a good ground game, which Calgary didn't have. So that's another thing they have to sort of get their heads around. The Bomber defense, though, was outstanding against Calgary, and if they can come up with a similar performance, I think that stands them in good stead. And then offensively. Uh, you know, it's the old one-two punch at quarterback uh, with your old friend there, Zach Calaris, who played so well in uh, in Hamilton for a while. Um, you know, he'll start at quarterback, and I would think play the largest majority of the game. But then Chris Strebler, the two-headed quarterback monster that the Bombers have, the, he'll go in and, and do his thing with his package, running the football and, you know, handing it off, maybe even throwing a few passes. Who knows? Uh, you know, if they can be as effective on offense again as they were in Calgary in the second half I think that gives them a great chance to win now having said that the Riders defensively are outstanding I think their defense along with Hamilton's the two best maybe in the league this year certainly statistically they are so it's going to be a real challenge for the Bombers and uh, you know the fans here are on the edge of their seats to see if they're up to it. You mentioned the two quarterbacks in Caleros and Strevler, and there was a unique stat from uh, last week's uh, Western semifinal against the Stampeders in which Caleros led the game in passing yards. Strevler led the game in rushing yards, and I don't recall two different quarterbacks leading those two different categories. No, this combination they have here is so unique, and Strevler himself, Rick, is such a unique player. Uh, we've never seen, I, I don't recall ever seeing a quarterback quite like him in the Canadian Football League. There have been quarterbacks who ran the ball, Tracy Ham, Damon Allen among them, and, and piled up tons of yardage. Uh, but they ran sort of second after they couldn't see their, you know, their passing target. And they were scramblers. Uh, Strebler is a, he's basically a running back playing quarterback. I mean, he just takes off and and runs with the ball, and at 6'2", 215, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a dynamic runner. He's not the kind of runner that Tracy Ham was who would slide at the end. Strebler looks for somebody to take on and hit and run over. So uh, the things that he does, uh, I've never quite seen in the, the Canadian Football League from the quarterback position. As I say, we've seen runners, but none like him. Uh, and for defenses, it's... Uh, I don't know, it's got to be a headache to try and figure out what he's going to do and how they're going to stop him. We're in mid-November, usually, especially with the Western Final, there is some weather concerns, but looking at the forecast in Regina, we're seeing a sun cloud mix and a high of six, which is very, uh, well, mild, to put it mildly, for uh, Regina at this time of the year. Yeah, it sure is, and I think it's great for the fans, and I think it's great for the game, too, because the better the weather is, the more we can see the athletes do what they do best, and that's what we all want to see. I think the Bombers would prefer it to be a little bit worse than that, a little colder. I mean, it was cold in Calgary on the weekend, and they felt that was an advantage for them, so I don't think they'll be thrilled with the weather forecast, but... uh, 
No, it's going to be a, a great day in Regina. The weather is going to be good. They'll have a packed house. The atmosphere will be totally electric, Rick. And one of those games, you know, I think that uh, you just don't want to miss if you're a football fan. There's one other game this weekend, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about it, and that's Ticats and Eskimos, of course, in the Eastern Final. Edmonton trying to become the first-ever crossover team to get to the big game. They'll have to do something that no team has ever done this year, uh, and that's beat the Ticats at home. Uh, Just some thoughts on the Eastern Final. Well, I don't think anybody should sell the Eskimos short, Rick. Uh, You know, they they were impressive in that win over Montreal. Uh, Trevor Harris, man, when he gets hot, and you guys have seen this before, when he gets hot, he can light it up, and uh, he was sure hot last weekend. Their defense, Edmonton's defense up front, and the linebackers, very good. Um, their secondary, I don't think, is that strong. Uh, but this is a team, despite their 8-10 and record, 9-10 and now after the semifinal win, that should not be sold short. Having said that, uh, I'll be surprised if Hamilton doesn't win the game. You know, you don't go 15-3 and by accident. They've had an excellent offense. Uh, Speedy Banks has had just a year that I think is going to win them the Most Outstanding Player Award. Their defense is tough and nasty. Uh, I like Hamilton to win the game, but uh, you know, don't think it's going to be a walkover. Edmonton's Edmonton has a, has good players and and, and a good team, but uh, my money would be on Hamilton. Should be a lot of fun. Good luck this uh, weekend. Uh, both games are going to be, I, I think, barn burners, and it should be uh, um, an entertaining weekend for CFL fans. And maybe in two weeks' time, it'll be Hamilton and Winnipeg, and that should be, I think, everyone's choice, or at least unless you're in Saskatchewan and, and Edmonton, to see in the Grey Cup. Bob, yeah, appreciate- I'd lo- I, okay, Rick, I'd love to see another Hamilton-Winnipeg Grey Cup. It's been a while, isn't it? It has been a while, and that would be a, a phenomenal final. Thanks for the time today, Bob. Okay, Rick. Bob Irving, a longtime play-by-play announcer on sister station CJOB in Winnipeg. He's been doing games as long as I've been alive. That is phenomenal. You know you're good at your job when you can do it for more than four decades, and he has been doing it uh, sensationally well. The best uh, play-by-play guy in the CFL bar none. So, yes, Sunday, uh, prediction time for me. I'll start with a Western final, and, you know, I want... Winnipeg to win this football game, and I think they can win this football game, but I just have that hunch, that old Regina hometown crowd, that raucous atmosphere at Mosaic Stadium. Um, Cody Fajardo is going to have to play very, very well, and I think he will, but I think most importantly, that Rough Riders defense, with the crowd behind them, is going to lead Saskatchewan to the Grey Cup. Uh, I will say 27-24 in favor of the Riders. In the East Final, I think this is going to be a great game, too. Winnipeg, or pardon me, Edmonton is coming in hot. Trevor Harris having a sensational game last week against Montreal. But the Ticats defense, and I think Dane Evans has a strong game on Sunday. Brandon Banks and Braylon Addison, two big keys. Tyrell Sutton. Also a massive key, and I think Hamilton's special teams will also carry the mail on Sunday. I'm thinking Ticats 34, Eskimos 23. Just top of my head. Uh, So that would mean a Hamilton-Saskatchewan final. Last time that happened was 2013. The Rough Riders won. This time, though, it will be different. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. I wanted to mention this uh, with Bob Irving, but we simply ran out of time. Uh, There's an individual in Winnipeg who has been, uh, how should I say this, not wearing pants 
for the last 18 years. And uh, he has done this because uh, he says he's not going to wear pants until the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win the Grey Cup. So Winnipeg hasn't won, well, since 1990. So 18 years ago, uh, this man by the name of Chris Matthew said that, listen, I'm I'm not going to wear pants until the Bombers win the Grey Cup. Uh, That was in 2001. He figured, you know what, this team's pretty close. This team will get it done. They'll hoist the Grey Cup sometime soon. (laughs) And 18 years has gone by. And he's still wearing shorts. He's still wearing shorts. Now, let's, let's just think for a minute here. He's in Winnipeg, and he's still wearing shorts. He's a former teacher, and he'd be in the classroom in the middle of January and February in Winnipeg wearing shorts. So I have to slow clap Chris Matthew in Winnipeg for sticking to his guns. And apparently... If the Bombers do win the Grey Cup, whether it's this year or next year or who knows, maybe it's uh, another 10 years, the first pair of pants that he's going to put on is going to be a pair of Winnipeg Blue Bombers Zubas, if you can believe it. Now, truth be told, I had a couple of pairs of Zubas back in the day. I had a pair of Miami Dolphin Zubas and a pair of... Uh, Oakland, although I think at the time Los Angeles Raiders, Zubas, just because I kind of like the color scheme. And uh, they are still to this day, I don't have them any longer because you know after a while you just wear them out. But they are still to this day my wife's favorite pair of pants on me, if that's understandable. There you go. A little uh, snippet into the life and times of one Rick Samprin. And his Zuba's adventure. All right, let's get to something a little more serious than Zuba's or not wearing pants in the middle of winter because your football team just can't win a Grey Cup. Former Ticats, speaking about football, former Ticats star player Peter Diakowski has a new job. You remember, you know, Peter was a longtime Tiger Cat, slugged it out, was one of the premier offensive linemen in the CFL. And uh, ran for politics with the uh, conservatives on the Hamilton Mountain. Didn't win the seat, but, you know, fared uh, fairly well in his first go-round. Well, now he has a new job, and it's in the education sector. And Peter joins us now on the Scott Thompson Show. Peter, how are you? Oh, Rick, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. So, uh, number one, have you ever wanted to not wear pants for a considerably long time? I used to be shorts all winter, no matter what. Really? And I, of course, I've matured now, but I know I was one of those shorts year round people for a long time. I, I now that I've lost a bit of weight, I don't have as much natural insulation. I'm bundling up, but yeah, I, I was, uh, I, I used to be a Hallmark, you know, me and the mailman. Did you have Zubas back in the day as well? I did not. Oh, I have a picture of you as a Zubas I missed, guy. I missed out on that. Well, you didn't miss much, I'll tell you that. (laughs) So you have a new job. You are the uh, new Chief Executive Officer of Scholars Education Center. How did this come about? Well, I've worked in tutoring for a long time. I I helped out as a tutor in university. My first off-season job in the CFL, because you always have an off-season job in the CFL, was as a tutor. My wife and I operated a tutoring center on the mountain for years. 
And so that just prior to our first baby coming along. And I've worked uh, with scholars now as CFO, so quietly in a, a more back office role for a bit over a year. And I think they were, they were conducting a CEO search uh, for the past several months. And I think after my wife, they were probably the happiest that I didn't win in the election. <laughs> so they, they approached you or you approached them? Well, I'd, I'd been working with the, with the company for, um, for several years already. Right. And they were, uh, they were looking for the right fit. And I was not available. And then all of a sudden, there I was. So it was, a, it was a natural fit. And it's something I'm excited about. We have a, our, built into our DNA is education. We're focused, first and foremost, on our curriculum. We have a phenomenal curriculum advisory board made up of Canadian education PhDs. We're an all-Canadian company. First location opened in Thunder Bay, and we have an outpost way up north in, in uh, Peace River, Alberta. So we're a uniquely Canadian tutoring company. We don't import any curriculum. And I was uh, I was excited to to take this on. We have a, a phenomenal phenomenal product. We help children do better in school. We help people succeed in life and have more choices and opportunities. So it's very rewarding. I'm not necessarily selling people sandwiches maybe they shouldn't be eating uh, or uh, formats they might not necessarily uh, <laughs> um, desire. You know, it's, it's something that's going to help people for uh, for quite some time and it's uh it it's it's an exciting challenge too because we are we have 30 locations uh, across the country and there's a need for what we provide and there's a chance to really grow this network so as ceo what is your focus are you hoping to grow scholars education center fine-tune it what's uh, the philosophy well, growth, going forward growth in all senses of the word so help our existing locations. So we're franchisee operated. So we have uh, our partners in each local market, help them deliver their services as effectively as possible. Make sure that we always have the best curriculum, the most effective learning tools possible to make sure that we are able to serve as many people as we can from our existing network. So grow what we're doing in each market in which we're already operating. And then, reach out into more markets, find more local partners, and grow. So we have, for example, in Hamilton, we have our Stony Creek location. Uh, they're at the corner of 20 and 20. They're at uh, Rymel and Upper Centennial there. Uh, fantastic operations in uh, Burlington. We're at uh, Walker's Line and Dundas. And between the two serving the entire greater Hamilton area. So, of course, we have... Uh, need to grow even even locally around Hamilton. How big is the need? Are there are there kids in our community who need this service and and maybe they don't realize it or their parents aren't really sure how to proceed with that need? Absolutely. You know, this when you consider what's at stake for a child who's learning and maybe falling behind in school or has potential potential to work ahead possibly if this resource can be available, it can help improve a life. It means that a child who might not necessarily finish school can finish school. A child who might not necessarily go to university 
can go or can go further academically and have more choices later in life. So this is a, a way of improving lifelong outcomes. We like to think that we help children become more confident, more curious, lifelong learners. And it's not just about, you know, ABCs, one, two, threes. There's a whole confidence level that these kids reach, too. Oh, absolutely. And that's having confidence to try new things, having resiliency to try again, to deal with failure and move ahead. That's, you know, that's a big challenge. And when you look at where some students stumble, it's not necessarily functional issues with memory, for example. It's having that, that confidence, that resiliency to try and try again until they get it. We're chatting with uh, Peter Dykowski. He is the new CEO of Scholars Education Center, uh, and uh, he is uh, recently appointed the chief executive officer, which is uh, tremendous news, and uh, and we really uh, are excited for you and, and think you're going to do a great job. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about football, because this is a, a huge weekend, not only in Hamilton, but uh, throughout the CFL with the East and West Finals. Um, do you miss this time of the year, playoff time? Absolutely, and it's funny. We like, to, we like to create a strong bond with our franchisees and always ensure that we have a great relationship with everybody who is delivering our curriculum on the ground. So we have everyone in today for our annual scholars retreat, like an AGM. And that's why we did the announcement this morning. I've actually been the, quietly the CEO for about a week and a half now. But we're hosting at the Rogers Center. So I'm sitting to you, uh, sitting speaking to you from one of the uh, suites, overlooking, they've got the baseball diamonds still out, they have the outfield halfway picked up, but I'm looking down on a field that I played a lot of games on, and very memorably that 2013 East Final where we came back and beat the Argos to go to the Grey Cup. Uh, yeah, this time of the year is certainly special because, as we know, anything could happen. Uh, some teams that aren't supposed to win end up winning. Teams that are supposed to win falter. Uh, so, uh, as I said, you know, playoff football well, is... It's, it's one game. It's win or yeah. go home. And it doesn't matter how good the regular season was. It's now a one-game season this week and, and next week. And I'll tell you what, though. Some teams, you know, you can have a... You can have a letdown. I wasn't actually that surprised when Winnipeg knocked off Calgary. I think a lot of Calgarians might have been surprised. I wasn't. I was in I was in Calgary last weekend, so I popped by the hotel Saturday night to say hi to all my former teammates with the Bombers, and you, you could tell. Now, Hamilton, we've been off. We've had the we've had the bye, and we've had the East locked up. So sometimes a team who's been flying this high, you can imagine there's a chance of that letdown. But when I saw Hamilton closing the season, when I saw the Cats winning games that they didn't need to win against teams who really needed that win, that told me that this team does have something really special. So, uh, and of course, when you're looking at a, a Trevor Harris, what was he, 32 for 35? 36 of 39. 36, oh, jeez. That's crazy. Well, hey, lucky he got that out of his system last week. <laughs> so what final would you like to see? What fi- I want to see Hamilton and Winnipeg in the Great Cup. Yeah, I think most and, people... And, and, and that's tough for me to say because I love, I love my Durs. Yeah. I had, I had a fun year out there my last year, and I think Dickie's doing a phenomenal job uh, as, as head coach there. But there's just something about the Bombers team this year that, that I, I, I like. It's, like, it's a great underdog story. 
And I was hoping to see Montreal play one more game. Only one more game, but one more, because I was excited about what Kahari's done there and uh, my old buddy Vern. But yeah, I want to see Hamilton beat Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. That's my that's my ideal game. I think I think most people are in that same boat, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see that too. But who knows what will happen this weekend? Will be exciting, and uh, also some exciting times ahead for you as uh, the new CEO of Scholars Education Center. Peter, uh, really uh, appreciate the time, and uh, good luck with this new gig. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Peter Dykowski, a longtime Tiger Cats offensive lineman, as you know, now the CEO of Scholars Education Center. So if you have a child uh, or a grandchild who is in need of tutoring services, you know, maybe you want to see those C's become B's or B's become A's, uh, just go online, scholarscanada.com is the website. Again, scholarscanada.com. And uh, there's a host of resources, contact info, emails, phone numbers, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it'll make a difference in your child or grandchild's life, that is for sure. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.